What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to the same old Dolphin Show. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. What's up, Dolphin fans? What's up, Dolphin fans? Dolphin fans, anything interesting happened this week? Dolphin fans are mad at me. Dolphin fans are very upset with you. I'm surprised that so many people are upset with you. Because I don't know, but yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I mean, like I certainly get the argument. I guess we should start at the beginning here before we jump into this. So, as you know, if you're any kind of dolphin fan, the Miami Dolphins traded Jay Ajayi this week, right before the trade deadline, and what did they get in return? A fourth round draft pick from the Philadelphia Eagles. It's on its face. This is a terrible trade. And you have said as much. And you wrote your piece for DolphinsReport.com. And you've said as much on Twitter. You've been very vocal about your disagreement with this trade and how much you are not a fan of it. Now, I can certainly get the argument that, you know, listen, this guy is not a great locker room presence. He's arguing with his coaches. He's complaining after the Dolphins get a win that he wasn't used enough or that he wasn't used properly. And he's apparently just not been a a guy that the locker room has liked, or at least the coaching staff has liked. And so I, you know, from, from that perspective, you got to get rid of him. But you're completely coming from the standpoint of if you got to get rid of them, fine, you got to get rid of them. But you got to do better than getting a fourth round pick in exchange for him, right? Even if his knees are in bad shape, right? The, the Dolphins believe that he has this degenerative tissue issue in his knee and, uh, and he's in bad shape and his knees aren't going to last much longer. That's how they're justifying it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm on your side here. I think. Well, I can see those other points. I, I still think getting only a fourth round draft pick for a guy who is considered to be one of the best running backs in the NFL is troubling. Yeah, let's let's tackle the the degenerative knee thing first. That's not the Dolphins believe that he has a degenerative knee issue. That's a legit thing. Uh, That was the reason why he was a fifth round draft pick uh, a few years ago, because talent wise, many considered him, you know, talent wise, a second round pick that year. And he fell all the way to the fifth round because of the concerns about the knee. That said, he's played every single game this year. Uh, has his number have his numbers been great? No. But he's also fourth in the league in yards after contact. And what's amazing is that he has it's something like 83 yards or 82 yards before contact on 138 carries, which means that he's averaging 0.6 yards a carry before contact. I'm sorry, but that's not on the running back. And when your running back is getting hit 0.6 yards at, uh, beyond the line of scrimmage every time he touches the ball, 
and he's still averaging three and a half yards per carry, that's pretty damn impressive. Because if he was getting hit a yard and a half behind the line of scrimmage, he'd be averaging four and a half yards a carry, and then his numbers would look pretty damn good. This has to do more with the offensive line being terrible. It has to do with the fact that he's going up against stacked boxes every single week because the quarterback play has been terrible. They're not throwing the ball down the field. And so what do you expect? You expect this guy to look, I mean, he's not Adrian Peterson, you know, he's not prime Adrian Peterson, hall of fame, elite level talent where you give him the ball against stacked boxes and he's still giving you five yards a carry. That's not his game. He is a guy that, you know, gets you four, five, six yards at a time. He doesn't break a lot of big runs, but he gets you big chunks of yardage and he wears on defenses. But the offense can't move the ball through the air and they're giving up on the running game early because it's not working because they're becoming one-dimensional because they can't do anything through the air. And then when they want to run the ball, the offensive line isn't blocking for him. So, you know, his numbers have gone down this year, but it's hard to really blame him for it. Now, as for the locker room stuff, look, there's no excuse for that kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's unprofessional. It's childish. It's immature. It's whatever you want to call it. But it should be mentioned that he's not the only guy. Adam Gase, in his press conference, called out multiple players, unnamed but it was multiple players. He said his best players on offense. We found out the same day that Jay Ajayi was traded, Jarvis Landry was also on the block. He's another guy that uh, apparently uh, has had some issues in the locker room. So it's not like Adam Gase called out a bu- multiple guys and he decided to make an example out of one of them. And look. My point on this is that it's a, it's so Dolphins, it's so same old Dolphins to make the reactionary move, to have a guy that had issues in the locker room last year. Remember, prior to the season opener, Jay Ajayi, unhappy with the fact that he was the backup behind Arian Foster, unhappy with his role was forced to sit out and not even make the team flight to Seattle for the opener last year. And he was in the doghouse for the first month of the season. And then he had the breakout uh, against the Steelers in like week five or six or whatever it was. This year, the Dolphins seemed like Okay, well, we just don't, we're not even going to go the the punishment route. We're just we've just had enough of it. And my my argument is twofold. It's one, you know, last time you punished the guy and you sat him out for a game, he came back, he he did everything that he was supposed to do and he had a monster season. This year you, you said, okay, well, we're not even going to punish you. We're just going to trade you. So you gave up on him. And two, if if the idea is, well, he's not our guy and we're worried about the knee and we don't 
have him as part of the long-term plan because of his attitude and his knee or some combination thereof. You should have known that before this season. And if that was the case, imagine how much better you could have gotten in a trade of Jay Ajayi before the season started. When he's coming off of this year where he led the league in yards after contact and he averaged like 4.9 yards a carry, over 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns, despite not even really playing a quarter of the season. Imagine what you could have gotten for him then. And we're talking about a 24-year-old running back. So, I mean, I agree that running back is the most replaceable position on the field. I don't value the position all that much. But you've got a 24-year-old that's being that's making next to nothing because he was a fifth-round pick. And you're trading him away and you're not getting good value in return. It's just a bad trade. Because this is one of those things where the Dolphins could punish him and, you know, they could have him on the roster next year. And if he becomes a free agent and somebody wants to sign him to big money, they'll get a compensatory pick worth more than a fourth round pick. And there's the chance that after you punish him, he does what he did last time he punished him, which is he, he says, okay, my bad. He's, he goes to work. He shuts up in the locker room and he just gets down to business. And then you've got an elite running back that's 24 years old. Now you don't. Now you get a fourth round pick, which, look, it, it could be a good player, but historically fourth round picks are basically one out of four or five are good players. It's it's not a good bet that it's that's very much be. a lottery. It's very much a lottery as and the odds are not good as to whether or not a fourth round draft pick is is going to be somebody who's going to help out your organization. And furthermore, forward. and furthermore, like the the message that this sends because that's what this is all about. It's about Adam Gase sending the message that this is his locker room and you're going to shape up or ship out basically. Well, what this basically says is we don't care how talented you are. If you're difficult, we're going to get rid of you. And we don't care if it hurts the team. We're going to trade you and we don't need to get fair value back. You know what the last coach, you know who the last coach was that made similar moves? Uh, it was Joe Philbin. Yes. It was the coach right before Adam Gase who traded away all of those players that were on the leadership committee because they were, they were, uh, you know, very vocal and they, uh, they didn't always agree with the head coach. And when they didn't agree, they were very vocal about it. And so Philbin had lost the locker room. And so he traded away all of his talented players for draft picks. And he didn't like, they were so desperate to get rid of them. They didn't care if they got equal value back. And what, what happened was, you had a team that was devoid of very many playmakers because they traded all their playmakers away because the playmakers in this league tend to be, tend to have egos. And this is just Adam Gase, clearly this whole idea of the culture change where Adam Gase is, you know, the next Don Shula, for some reason, Dolphin fans want to believe that. 
after one good year, it's not like he's got a decade of great success behind him where you could say, oh, this guy is a, a great coach. He's got one good year, as many good years as Tony Sperano. And he was clearly he was clearly losing the locker room if he's talking about the best players on the side of the ball that he coaches. You know, not not the defense, the offensive players. They're basically having a mutiny, and he's basically trading Jay Ajayi to try to get the locker room back. I just think it's a desperation move to protect his ego and try to get the locker room back. And I just think, you know, if you're a great leader, there are other ways to handle this, and you get guys to buy in. And if you can't get guys to buy in, especially after you went 10-6 and and got to the playoffs last year— then I'm sorry, man. That's on you. That you're maybe you're not the leader that everybody wants to believe that you are. You know, maybe you're a good X's and O's coach. Maybe you know what it takes to win, but maybe you're not the guy to get players to buy into what you're selling. And to me, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it, it certainly seems fishy. I think it's one of those things that you want to keep an eye on. At this point, this move and, and, you know, the instant reaction was not a good one. I mean, Ajayi gets traded. Jarvis Landry throws a tweet out there that makes it look like he's looking to leave. You know, before we before we found out that he was told that he wasn't going to be traded, he had sent out a tweet that made it sound like he was ready to move on and that he was almost looking forward to it. Ray Malaluga puts out a tweet that shows his disappointment or you know he was sort of upset with the move don't so, forget about the lawrence timmons things thing at the beginning of the season yeah, right and too. we've got this lawrence timmons things going on at the beginning of the season that happened as well so there's definitely a question about adam gase's ability to manage the locker room and as we've discussed many times in the past on this show and on our old show, when you're talking about being a coach at the top level of any sport at the professional level, a certain degree of being that head coach is, it, it, it has to do with your ability to manage the locker room. And we're seeing right now that maybe, just maybe, Adam Gase doesn't quite have that ability. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the team responds on this game on Sunday night and how they move forward from there. Speaking of this game Sunday night, it is against the Oakland Raiders and it becomes um, a very interesting question. I guess the real, the first thing that you need to look at as we move forward now is that Gase has said that at least for the time being, the Dolphins plan to replace Jay Ajayi by doing uh, a running back by committee. It's going to be primarily Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake, although I think we might expect to see Sonoris Perry get a few carries as well on offense, mainly just because he's earned it with his fantastic special teams play early in the season. So Brain, we know the problem is the offensive line. That seems to be the issue. How do the Dolphins move forward with this running back by committee. I, I, I Am I crazy for thinking that maybe, just maybe, the trade of Ajayi might actually open things up a little bit for this offense? No, you're not crazy. And it's a great matchup for them 
to be the first game after it. It's it's great to go up against a defense that has been bottom five in the league in yards allowed per play. Uh, not a great run defense, not a great pass defense. So it's it's a great matchup. I think what this does now is it puts the pressure squarely on Jay Cutler and the passing game, and obviously the offensive line as well, because uh, the offensive line is going to get a lot of the attention, uh, you know, especially if Jay Ajayi goes to Philadelphia and starts reeling off 120, 130-yard rushing games. Everybody's going to say, hey, uh, maybe it wasn't Jay Ajayi's fault. Maybe it was the blocking. Um, so the offensive line is going to be under a lot of scrutiny, but really it's going to come down to Jay Cutler because even if the offensive line plays well, look, I, I like Kenyon Drake. He's looked good in small stretches, in small doses. And Damian Williams, I think, is a nice pass catching back, but he's not really a, a guy that you could you could give the ball to more than like five or six times as far as carries. And he's been a guy that I think right around three yards a carry. He's been one of the worst in the league in yards per carry uh, since coming into the league with the Dolphins. So even if uh, they get, you know, even if the the plan is to stay balanced, I just don't think you're going to get elite play from this position now. Whereas before, you felt like everything, the Dolphins needed to run the ball successfully and then everything would build off of it. At this point, I don't think that can be the game plan. The game plan has to be to throw the ball. That means you got to protect Jay Cutler. Uh, the good news is they get Devontae Parker back. Again, the good news, they're going up against an Oakland team that has not been a good defense and they've been particularly bad against the pass. So perhaps it's a matchup that they can, that the Dolphins can exploit and they could you know, open things up a little bit. If they get the passing game going, I think that's where guys like Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams can have success because those are guys that aren't going to have even minimal success running against an eight man front. But if you can, you know, make it a seven man front, maybe a six man front because you you're spreading teams out and you're making, you're keeping those safeties honest with the deep ball. Then, then maybe there will be room for those guys to run. Uh, they are faster running backs um, than Jay Ajayi. So, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, that may work a little bit better for, for the scheme that, that uh, Adam Gase wants to run. Only time will tell. Um, but uh, look, it, what I'm going to say is if it doesn't happen this week, it's not going to happen because you're not going to get a better matchup. And I mean, th this offense has had two months now, three months if you count the preseason with Jay Cutler at the helm. He only missed the one week. If, if this passing game can't get going this week, I just don't think it's ever going to get going. And if this passing game doesn't get going, then – this season's going to get real ugly real fast um, because the Dolphins are, f uh, what, four and three right now? Four and three. Dolphins. We're four and three right now, and we've played the easy part of the schedule. This is like, you know, 
after this right. one, the second half we, of the season is where this is what the the talk in the preseason was that the Dolphins needed to pad their record earlier in the season because it was I mean it's a murderer's row as they come down the stretch. Yeah, I mean you still got two games left against the Patriots. You still got a game at Kansas City. I mean, even yeah, I mean, the most ardent Dolphins, that's three losses right yeah, there. Can't, they've still got two games against New England, a game against Kansas City. They've got Denver coming up, who maybe isn't as strong as as maybe we thought they might be, but they're still good. We've still got a very good defense. Two, two games against the Buffalo Bills, who... You know, as we record, are still currently five and two. It is uh, looking likely as we record here that they're going to end up dropping this game to the Jets, although they are making a push down down by three touchdowns with three minutes to go. Who knows? Uh, we might see something remarkable. But you know, the Bills are a very good team as well. You know, it's it is not impossible that the Dolphins, you know, might be staring at the face of seven and nine, six and ten this season. From their four and three record right now, right, and at four and three, I mean they're four and three, but statistically they're one of the worst teams in the league. So they, I mean, they could very easily be two and six, one and seven right now, and their point differential and their their stats as far as like their offensive stats and their defensive stats, like yards per play, I mean, pretty much up and down. <laughs> up and down, you know, whatever stat you're looking at, the the Dolphins could they look like a like a two and six team. Yeah, they, they look more the like a two thing. and six team than they do, or a, a two and five team rather than than a four and three team. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's so it's it's a it's, as we come down the stretch here, we'll the, we're going to see who the Dolphins actually are. I think we may have actually seen who they already are. The fact of the matter is, though, they've managed to squeeze out some victories. But we still got this game against the Raiders here. As we've said, it looks like the matchups are there for them offensively. It looks like they've got as good a matchup as they could ask for as far as wanting to get the offense jump-started. On the other side of the ball, how does the Dolphins' defense match up against an Oakland offense that has the potential to light it up. It's interesting because this Oakland offense coming into the season, uh, a lot of people thought was going to break out and be a top five offense. And they came right out of the gates very hot. Derek Carr looked great. The offensive line, which was one of the best offensive lines in the league last year, looked really great. But they've been just kind of middle of the road. They really haven't, uh, they haven't really lit in, you know, lit the world on fire. Derek Carr did miss, I think, a game or two, but Amari Cooper's been disappointing. The big offseason signing, uh, was getting Marshawn Lynch out of retirement, and he's been disappointing, whether, whether it's his play or getting suspended. He's been more of a distraction than he has been a help. And this is an offense that scored in the first two weeks 81 points and in now one two three four five they've lost five of their last six games and in those five games they've failed to score more than 17 points in any one of them they did have the big win at home on Thursday night against the against the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago a miraculous victory that 
you know, they very easily could have lost that game and then they'd be two and six with six straight losses. So this is a team that's been reeling on both sides of the ball, uh, got beat by 20 at Buffalo last week. Something's got to give because the Dolphins haven't been playing well and the Raiders haven't been playing well. But one of these teams is going to come away with a victory. I guess it could end in a tie. But as far as the way the the Dolphins defense stacks up against the Raiders offense, I would say, look, if the Dolphins defense does what they've done for the most part all year long, which is be strong against the run, then, it, you know, Derek Carr is going to have to beat them through the air and he's got the receivers to do it. He's certainly talented enough to do it, but their passing game has been inconsistent. So it's, I mean, it's kind of a who knows. The Dolphins have been prone to giving up some big plays in the passing game, and that's concerning. But the Raiders are not really a big play offense. They're more of a methodical offense. Both Crabtree and Cooper are not real big play guys. They're, you know, both kind of possession receivers. So what you're saying is what the what the Oakland Raiders really need is a good matchup on Sunday night football against the Miami Dolphins to be the cure that ails them. Yeah, well, what's good for the Raiders is that the Raiders have been one of the worst defenses in the league, but they're going up against the Dolphins, who have been the worst offense in the league. So for the Dolphins, I mean, for the Raiders, what the Raiders are probably thinking is, look, if we can keep – the Dolphins to like 13 points, which right now I think that's – what is that? The, well, that's pretty much what the Dolphins are averaging. They might be averaging less than 13 points yeah, per game. Yeah, they probably are averaging just slightly less than that. Yeah, I mean I, I'm sure they feel like, look, if we can keep the Dolphins to like 13 points, we're going to win this game. Or by, <laughs> by the other token, they might be saying, oh, well, if we could score 17 points, we're going to win this game. The Dolphins' defense has to be thinking – we got to keep this team to 10 or less because we don't know what we're seeing from this offense. There's a, there's a definite chance that the Dolphins come out in this game, cannot run the ball. The Raiders get pressure on Jay Cutler and the Dolphins are getting shut out for the third time this season. I mean, I'm not calling for that. I actually think that this is a good matchup for Miami, but I'm not going to be shocked if that happens. Well, then, I I think we've reached the end of the show here, Brain, unless you've got... Oh, wait, no. We've got to make our predictions. Well, yeah, we got to predict what's going to happen. So why don't you go ahead and make your prediction? Tell us what you think is going to happen here. Yeah, so I could see this game going two different ways. I could see the Raiders coming in and absolutely blowing the doors off of Miami and Miami just folding. You know, I could see the Raiders winning this game like 24 to 3. But I could also see the Dolphins defense stepping up. I could see Jay Cutler with having Devontae Parker back being able to march this team down and get a couple of touchdown drives and and the Dolphins winning a close game. It's at home, it's a Sunday night. The word out of Davey is that they've had a really good week of practice with some sense of urgency. 
And sometimes these, you know, these weeks where the team comes under such harsh criticism from the media and from the fans, it can have a galvanizing effect. It helps that they're playing a team that's reeling as well. I think the Dolphins win a close, low-scoring game, 17-13. to 13. That's amazing. That's amazing that that's what you're picking. I, I also feel like it's going to be very, very close, and it's going to come down to the wire. I predict Cody Parkey is going to kick a 46-yard field goal as time expires to give the Dolphins a 16-13 to 13 victory over the Oakland Raiders. What's the over-under in this game? Because I, I, I imagine it's over 30. <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, let me let me look that up here while I, you uh, tell the. Pe- I can look this up real quick. Okay, it's uh, over under forty four. So we're pounding the under this week. Oh yeah, we're going hard on the under, which means that this is probably going to end up being like a thirty eight thirty five kind of deal. No doubt. So, all right, Brain, that's going to wrap us up for this one. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. Also tweeting out from our show's Twitter account at Same Old Dolphins, and can also find me writing on DolphinsReport.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. You should also follow Bad Bruno, who gives us our theme song. They're uh, at Bad Bruno Punk. And let's see what else you can. Download, rate, review, and subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on iTunes. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. We want to hear your thoughts on the show. Everything that you say counts, or you can just tweet at us, whatever you want to do. We're always interested to uh, interact with other Miami Dolphin fans. That is going to wrap us up for this one. So we're going to see you next week, early next week, to wrap up this game against the Raiders. And then we'll look forward to our third consecutive nationally televised football game, a uh, Monday night affair. Who's who's coming up after the Raiders here, Brain? I believe it's Carolina, is it Carolina? right? I think it, I think it is Carolina. So uh, we get to see Cam Newton tear us to shreds. It's going to be... Yeah, Monday night against the Panthers in Carolina. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that's uh, that's coming up. So... Stick with us here on the Same Old Dolphins Show and stick with the Same Old Dolphins. We'll catch you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking to me.